You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. today. Thank you so much. In the book of Lamentations, this describes really my heart today. In chapter number 1, verse 20, Behold, O Lord, I am in distress. My bowels, my inner part of my body are troubled. My heart is turned within me. He says something similar in chapter 2, verse 11, My eyes do fail with tears. My bowels are troubled. My labor is poured upon the earth for the destruction of the daughter of my people because the children and the sucklings, they swoon, they faint in the streets of the city. I normally don't try to bring up my age. I had a birthday two weeks ago. I never said publicly my age. I am an old man compared to these teenagers. I'm retirement age. I'm Medicare age. I'm age where my siblings and their husbands, and God bless them, they're on retirement. Life's but a vapor. The college buddies I went to school with, several are dead, passed away, others are retiring. I promise you I'll not wear out my welcome after these many, many decades I've been here at this church. But I'll tell you this, I'm not trying to do less. I look at this generation of kids that my generation ruined. We left you a ruined nation. My hippie generation, my drug addict generation, my rebellious 50s and 60s, uh, 1950s, 1960s, my generation, we've left you a mess in this country. I grew up 15 minutes from here. Every day we'd stand and pledge the flag. We would have prayer in public school every day. There are rules and responsibilities. We had to read, learn reading, write, arithmetic. You literally did not graduate eighth grade unless you could pass the Constitution test that was studied for all year long in the United States, of the United States of America. Dallas School, when I was in high school, still in the 1960s, they used A, all have sinned, B, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They took the alphabet and used Bible verses to teach A, B, C, D, E, F, G. John F. Kennedy was shot and killed. Junior high, the principal came in our room and said, I have awful news to tell you. I remember exactly where I was seated. He said, teenagers, the president of the United States of America has just been shot. We don't know if he'll live. We don't think he will. Our class, girls and boys, began to weep. And in a public school, we began to pray for our president, John F. Kennedy. I lived in a different era. 
We had just come through when I was born, World War II, and houses were being built, and, and homes are being built, and, and the manufacturing of cars are back. They stopped during World War II, all the manufacturing of cars. That's why from 43 to uh, uh, the late 40s, you don't, or the mid-40s, late 40s, you don't have automobiles. I drive a 1945 Chevy. No, you don't. They didn't make them. They're turning those companies into machinery to build weaponry and ladies would go Rosie the Riveter into the shops and in the, in the factories and build ammunition and build tanks and build machine guns and the men went off to battle and would be there for two, three, four, five years. Millions died. They came back, they came back, they came back to a boom and America reopened those factories and America began to build homes can almost tell around here, those are the homes of the 50s. That's, those are the homes that were, these are the 60s homes. These are built in about 60s. You can just tell. And with it came liberty, freedoms. We, we want to do finally our thing now. We want hate Ashbury. We want drugs. We want to drink. We want to be free from the authority of our parents. We want to act and live like we want to act and live. I like what Jeremiah, as he's weeping, the weeping prophet says, is it nothing, chapter one, is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? Is it nothing that Judah is in distress? Is it nothing to you that Jerusalem is as a widow, chapter one, verse one? Is it nothing to you? Is it nothing to you that we're handing these sweet young people and these sweet freshmen in Bible college, is it nothing to you that we're handing them garbage? Spit on the flag, sent during the national anthem, exchanged needles in San Francisco for drugs, hand out condoms at school so you can be safe with your immorality, teach that a boy and a boy and a girl and a girl is proper behavior. It's a violation of the word of God. It's about time we stand up and say, I'm gonna fight for those kids. I've never fished in my life, really. Never golfed in my life. I thought I'd leave it for later in life. Those days will never come by the grace of God. I'm gonna dedicate my life to running buses and going to elementary school this week and preach and high school this week as I've been going for over 40 years and preach and to college and preach and teach the next preacher boys class of over 100 boys this week. Why? Because they are valuable to God. In chapter two in our text, I wanna read one verse. And that verse is verse number, verse number eight. The Lord hath purposed to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. God says, because your sin one had to purpose to destroy the wall. That's an interesting statement. Of the daughter. That's an interesting statement. And stretcheth out a line. He hath not withdrawn his hand from destroying. Now watch it. He made the rampart. What is a rampart? A rampart is what we'd call like a pony wall, but a smaller wall that's gonna be in front of a bigger wall. And God said, there's a little rampart there. It's interesting when you see this text, he keeps talking about the elder, the ancient, the older, and the children. And he's beginning to compare that there's a little wall, a little wall called a rampart and the Bible says, it made the rampart 
and the wall. That's the big wall. That's the huge wall that follows behind the rampart, the little wall. And the Bible says they're lamenting in a language what? Together. Together. You're the little wall. You have a responsibility, little wall. You better learn what honesty is and integrity is and righteousness is and who God is. That's your job. But there ought to be a big wall looming behind you that has set the example in all of the above. That's you crowd right here. Up on that second balcony. Stop being so casual with God. You cannot set a 10 o'clock Sunday morning, 11 o'clock Sunday morning as an example of holiness and godliness and righteousness. It is a 24-7 venture. It means that every dad in this room, you stay in that marriage, you stay in that home, you provide for that family, you live with that family, you pray for that family, you eat with that family, you work with that family, you play, you swing the kids. Daddy, get back on the big wall. Set the example. Taverns are filled. Drugs, dads, passing out. Sides of the road, various places. Dens of prostitution, iniquity. Because I don't want the responsibility of the little wall. It's about time you grow up, big boy. Get a job, work. Love these kids' mama. Protect her. Protect those kids. And dear ladies, you're on the big wall too. And the little wall's looking up at you. Looks at my mama. She ought to have an example that mother sends the kids out to school with good nourishment in the stomach. Mama sends them out with a hug and a, and a kiss on the cheek. And mama has a lunch pack for them. And mama says, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. And mama's there when they come home. And mama is the one that helps to keep that happy, that home a happy place. And she sets the example from that big wall. I'm on a big wall. I'm asking God every day of my life, give me health today. Let me live for you today, God. Let me invest in children, boys and girls. Oh, but in many of our churches, we're taking advantage of children. What foolish people, what selfish people, what arrogant people. Billions of dollars in lawsuits against the Catholic Church alone selling because of all the filth. God, have mercy on our sorry souls as we set an example from the big wall, look, casting a shadow down on the little wall, and that little wall, those kids are looking up and saying, what in the world are you doing? Dad, when you don't come home, what in the world are you doing? When mother, you're out with other men, what in the world, mama, are you doing? What hope do these kids have? I'll tell you the hope they have is God Almighty. Notice again the Bible, I was gonna take you to that one verse, I know I'm almost out of time. But mine eyes, verse number at nine, her gates are sunk to the ground. There's no protection around the walls. The gates are sunk to the wall, to the ground. He hath destroyed the broken bars. Her king, politicians, princes are among the Gentiles. The law is no more. 
The Bible's been thrown out. We threw it out in 1962 in our schools. How are we doing since we don't have a Bible? 63, now no prayer. How are we doing with no prayer in our schools? Watch it. Her prophets also find no vision from the Lord. And I'll tell you what, here's a group of men and our other pastors all over this auditorium, they have a vision. And you're sitting in an auditorium where mothers and dads and Sunday school teachers and bus workers, they have a vision, they can picture, they have a goal for the lives of these kids. I'm not gonna throw it down and say, no more vision, too hard a day, too difficult, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, they're all godless. Let's just throw in the towel. No such thing as a good Washington, D.C. There's no hope. Pack it in. No, they might not have a vision, but mothers and dads and preachers ought to have a vision for their life. Benedict, his mother and dad had a vision for his life. He grew up he was born in British prosperity. His dad was very wealthy. They left Britain, all that wealth, and brought it to America and landed in your state of Connecticut. When they came, Benedict's dad began, in the late mid-1700s, began really producing products and became very successful. Benedict's mother was related to six United States presidents. What a, an incredible pedigree. Benedict grew, had the best schools, best education, silver spoon in his mouth. And a man by the name of George Washington said during the Revolutionary War, I want to make you a general. Benedict became a great general. But in the midst of all that, he never got rid of the sorrow of his childhood. His two siblings died as he was a boy. His mother died when he was a boy. Though they had great wealth, dad's life began to unravel. Dad began to not show up to the companies and corporations, but instead he would go to the liquors and saloons and drink himself and drink in the social light of the day and he would, he would become constantly drunk. Began to break the laws and he'd be in jail. And he'd always be bailed out. One day, after he lost it all, his son was now in the Revolutionary War and George Washington made him general. They conquered and young country, uh, many, many great cities. Philadelphia was now falling to the British. It was on fire, like we see here. Other areas were on fire. And Benedict said, I, I'm tired. He was a young man, but I'm tired. I, I'm tired. I've, I'm so brokenhearted. My boy, my, my siblings died. My mother died. My dad lost his business. My dad's a drunk. He's half the time in jail. I'm tired of it all. He began to date a young girl. She was a spy from Britain, Brit, a British girl. They married. And he began to conjure up a plan to create treason. And the very man he was fighting with 
he told the other side where they'd be. And he abandoned his men to go fight for the other side. At his court martial, he said, I hate America. I'll never stand for it again. I'm a man without a country. I don't want this place. They exiled him for a ship on a ship for many years. I've been told that when he died, as you walked into his room, after all those years in captivity, it was a shrine to the United States of America. The flag, patriotism. Benedict Arnold. And Benedict Arnold chose a foolish direction. I don't know what you've experienced. Upper floors, side balconies, I don't know what you've experienced. One girl came to Bible college living from a cardboard box about 19 years ago. She's become a assistant pastor's wife and a great assistant pastor's wife for years, living in high school in a cardboard box by herself. One girl came to this college and she's in our ministry today and serving the Lord with these young people. She came from living in a tent in the backyard of a family's home, said you can put a tent here. In high school, she lived from a tent. But you have a choice to spin your life and hinge your life from your sorrows and your disappointments or to say, I'm going to use those sorrows to help someone, as Sister Jen said this morning. Look all around you. Find someone in need. Kids, a young man sat in this old auditorium years ago, a bus kid, saw every type of imaginable wrong in his life. His sister, who is in our ministry over there today, began to write it for She's a mother of four now, a godly woman. He's been a pastor for the last 20 years in Illinois. But he made a decision unbeknownst to me as a bus teenager. I've watched enough garbage around the nation, around the world, even in my home. I've watched enough. I am never going to kiss a girl until it's a girl I'm going to marry. I'm going to keep myself from drugs. He's never had drugs, though they're all around every day. And he made a decision and today, I have to say, you are something to us. Is it nothing to you? Yes, it is. It's something to us. We want to invest our life in you. And the first investment every person in this room needs to know is that Jesus Christ loves you, and he died on the cross for your sin. And by placing your faith in him, he's not going to fix everything overnight, All, but he will change your destiny from a place called hell and one day die and go there into a place that's called heaven and you can die and go there. Sweet family, I spoke with this past week. Their, their, their young friend made a choice to take a gun this week and end his life. Wrong choice. Wrong choice. You're going to have to choose. Benedict Arnold, wrong choice. The scripture says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. As for me and our house, we will serve the Lord. Are you saved? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. 
For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.